never know who's going to read it. <laughs> I try to stay off Facebook. All right. We are getting to a really interesting story here. You guys have probably heard it, but now we get to read it more carefully. Second Samuel, we're beginning chapter 6. All right. And uh, remember, David was at war with the Philistines in chapter 5, and he had just won the victory. Now, just to refresh your mind about the context, way back in 1 Samuel 6, if you will remember, well, most of you guys weren't even here yet <laughs> when we went through it, but we actually went through it in this in Hebrew club. Um, the ark, remember, was stolen by the Philistines, and uh, it was in their territory, and they were having illnesses and sickness, so they made the golden mice and the golden hemorrhoids and put it on the cart and took it back. And for 20 years, I think, yeah, something like 20 years, it was in Kiryat Jearim um, with in Abinadab's house. Abinadab appointed uh, a uh, person as priest to care for it. So Abinadab's house. Now in 2 Samuel 6, so you can remember the places, 1 Samuel 6, 2 Samuel 6, we pick up where the ark is again. And remember, it's in Kiryat Yaarim. Better, uh, there's another name for it that 2 Samuel 6 uses. All right, and that, that place name is used with Kiryat Yaarim in a couple different places. So we know it's referring to the same place. So that's what chapter 6 is about. Um, David's getting the ark. Okay, after 20 years of it being uh, with Abinadab. All right, and this is an exceedingly interesting story. So we're at chapter 6, verse 1. All right. Va Yosef od David et kol bachur be Yisrael shaloshim elef. Okay, this va Yosef is a very strange form. The root is actually aleph samek pei. It's from asaf to gather. And when you look up this form, because I checked it out, it's always Ye'esaf. It's always just like you would expect Ye'esaf, except here the Aleph disappears and it looks like a first Yud verb. So you notice it looks like Yasaf, all right, but it's actually Asaf. Um, so you would translate it, and David again gathered. All right, all or every Bachur, every chosen one, choice one, this is a call, passive parsable Hebrew one, guys, from Bachar. Um, every choice one in Israel. Shaloshim Aleph, 30, and then Aleph is 1,000. So 30,000 men. And I don't know if there is a textual issue. And notice, remember that the hifil of Yasaf is to add, to do something, and then you usually have Ode with it. So if a verb dropped out or something, um, and it should be Yasaf, see, it could be, and David added again, to gather, and maybe Asaf dropped out. <laughs> All right, um, but uh, anyway, it's a strange form. All right, good. Uh, so we won't worry more about it. Huh. Any questions on verse one? All right, so this is right in the midst of the war with the Philistines. He has thirty thousand of his choice men. Verse two, by Yakom, by Yelek David, vekol haama sherito, baale Yehuda. Yehuda, I'm sorry, le um, ha'alot misham et Aaron Elohim. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. And he rose from kum, notice a call imperfect, and he rose and he went from halak, namely David, and all the people which were with him. So notice compound subject, singular verb, not that uncommon. 
So David and all the people who were with him, Ito, got up and went, Mibaale Yehuda. This is from Bahale Yehuda is a place name. And that's the other name for, that's another name for Kiryat Ya'arim, where the ark was. All right. Now, Lehalot, notice that that is a hifil infinitive construct from Allah to bring up. In order to bring up Misham from there, the ark of God. All right. Now, I'm wondering if the min in front of Ba'ale should be actually translated as two. Remember, in more colloquial texts, the min and the lamed and the bait can be used in a more interchangeable fashion. So it made more sense to say David and all his men got up and went to Ba'ale Yehuda in order to bring up from there the Ark of God. All right. Now I want you to see one large relative clause with the presumptive with the resumptive pronoun way at the end. Okay? So Asher Nikrashem, Shame Yahweh Zeva Otioshev Hakeruvim Alav. There's the Alav. Alright, this is very interesting. To bring up the Ark of the Lord, which the name is called. Notice Nikra is a Nifal perfect, third masculine, singular from Kara. There's a comet under the Resh because of the Aleph. All right, name is the subject. Which the name, the name of Yahweh, the Lord of hosts, who sits, there's a call participle, who sits on the cherubim, the Nikra, is called Allah, over it. Okay, so let me read it again very woodenly and then I'll translate smoothly. So they went from, um, to Baale Yehuda in order to bring up from there the Ark of God, which the name, the name of the Lord of hosts who sits on the cherubim is called over it. In good English we would say, to bring up all right, from there the Ark of God over which the name the name of Yahweh Zevaot, who sits on the cherubim, is called. So notice that Alav is the resumptive pronoun that you have to put way at the beginning of the Asher. And this is unusual just for its length. Notice it comes way at the end of the clause. But it's very interesting how it refers to the Ark of God. The name, the name Yahweh Zevaot, who sits on the cherubim, is called over it, or is called upon it. Um, I think it's referring to the name Yahweh. So in other words... Right. Well, I think here, notice that name seems to have a more... It's almost like a hypostasis. The name, so that, so that the name, namely the name, more specifically, <laughs> Yahweh Zebaot is called upon it. So... Yeah. I mean, I guess you could also argue a little bit about, you know, the Lord of Armies yeah. and how they brought the Ark with yeah. them to battle and how the Ark helped them in battle was probably right. one of the reasons why. Why, the whole, why you have Yahweh Zevaot here, because this is, yeah, right. And remember, it was lost in battle. Um, it's very, it, I mean, it's just an unusual kind of way to refer to the Ark. It's not that common. Gary? Or is this, um, think about the cherubim. Yeah. 
Um, the only trouble with that is notice that you have the singular nikra with the plural cherubim. So it looks like the subject is the name. name. The name is called. And he's sitting, and notice, and also it's commonly, more common that Yahweh is described as sitting on the cherubim or between the cherubim. And again, notice in more colloquial Hebrew, you don't have a preposition before keburim. You just have to supply it in English on or between the cherubim, right? Some texts, I think, have sitting all or sitting bain between. Um, I'd have to check that for sure, uh, but I think. But again, we've seen this before in in uh, Samuel and in prose in general. The prepositions are often left out. Yeah, it looks like the English ESV, King James, NASB, NIV, they all do it differently too. Yep. Between the cherubim, yep. Yep. Right. See, on upon. Right. See, and and it's because as readers we kind of know what he's talking about. See, it's very interesting. But it's interesting that the name is invoked here. Let's see, very good. Um, and again, we don't know who the author of First and Second Samuel is. Um, it's interesting that in First Samuel six, when I reread it, I forgot that it had said, and, and when it went to Kiryat Yearim, it remained there twenty years. See, and so it's almost as if the author kind of he knows the history of it, and now here in this place in the narrative is where we get what happened to it. All right, verse 3. Uh, now look at this form, you guys. Vayarkivu et aron ha'elohim el agalach adashah. All right. This is from the root rakav, and notice what conjugation. You can see it right away. It is a hifil. Notice the patach under the yud with the infixed hirik yud, but the yud is dropped out as often happens. It's from rakav to ride. And here you would cause, you know, you ride a horse in the call. You cause something to ride upon something else in the hip field. Or you could say, um, and they, um, in good English would be, and they loaded the ark of God. All right. They loaded the ark of God upon an agala chadasha, upon a new cart. Agala is cart. Notice really interesting here, again, the preposition L, where you would expect what preposition? All. all. And if you look in the footnote, many manuscripts do have all. But again, the uh, transposition of those two, notice how often we've seen it. It almost becomes commonplace, right? So we would say in English, and they loaded the ark of God on a new cart, Agala Chadasha. Okay. Vayisa'uhu, this is from the root nasa, a simple call, and they carried it, see, asa, from nasa, and they carried it, mibate, from the house of Avinadav, from Abinadav, remember he had it, which was ba give up, which was on the hill. All right, so Abinadav's house was raised up. All right, notice the major pause there after give up. All right, any questions up to that point? Everybody see the forms. <coughs> Well, you'll see what happens. It was a new cart, Lisa. It wasn't just it wasn't just any cart that carried manure. It was a new one. All right, and we'll see what happens. All right. Now here it comes. The end of verse three. Now, the Uza, the Achyo, b'nei Avinadab, no Hagim et Hagalachadasha. Now these are the names of people. Keep these in mind. Uza, 
was the name of one, and Achio, okay, Uzzah and Achio, the sons of Abinadab, see, B'nai Avinadab, sons of Abinadab, no Hagim, were leading, that's a participle call from Nahag, were leading the um, cart, the new cart. And again, notice Chadashah doesn't have a definite article in front of it, probably because, notice the end of the previous word is a hey, very easy if it, for a copyist to just skip over that hey and uh, not have it. And notice in uh, three or uh, verse 3D, so 6 verse 3D, that's what they're suggesting, that homeoteluton is at work here. Your eye just skipped over. So you would translate it as the new cart. Okay? Now verse 4, here it comes. We're starting to get crucial. Vayisa'uhu mibet avinadav asher ba'giva im aron ha'elohim. Okay. And they lifted it, or they carried it, again from Nasa. Right, and they carried it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, with the Ark of God. Okay. The Achio, and Achio, whole lake, was walking. That's a call parsable. Was walking. Lifne Ha'aron. Was walking before the Ark. <coughs> okay. Okay. Now here's what David was doing. Ve David ve Yisrael mesachakim lifne Yahweh. But David and all the house of Israel were mechachakim. What's the root? Mesachakim. From sachak, it means to laugh or to play. This is a P-A-L participle, masculine plural. And so sometimes it's translated as dancing. Sometimes it's translated as playing. Sometimes it's translated as rejoicing. But notice, I think it's a physical activity. I, I like the translation dancing. You know, joyful. It's just, from sachak means to rejoice. See, simcha, joy. All right. Sachak, joy, or play. I like play, actually. David and all the house of Israel were playing before the Lord. So, again, it's not childish. It's childlike. They were joyful, I think is the point. Okay. Um, uh, Bekol Atze Beroshim. And here it could be playing instruments, too. So with all the woods of Cyprus. So again, wood instruments is what it's talking about. And with Kinorot, with lyres. And with Nevalim, harps. And with Tupim. And with cymbals. Umimena'anaim. See, uvimena'aneim. That's some other instrument. Um, and I looked it up, and I still don't know what kind of instrument it was, because I didn't know the English word. Sissy, tr sissy strums or something like that. So in some other instrument, and with zel tzalim, those are symbols. That almost sounds onomatopoeic, zel tzalim, symbols. They almost look like they're uh, like pill peel. Or yeah, they're weird. they're weird nouns. Yeah, So they're musical instruments, so all kinds of musical instruments, full orchestra. So notice David and his men were having a great time back there. So they obviously prepared for it. Yeah. They were rejoicing. Oh, yeah. They were really ready because they had conquered the Philistines, remember, in the priest chapter. They had struck them. Now they're getting the ark. Yeah. No. <coughs> when uh, it's talking about the woods of Cyprus, yeah. um, is that talking about the wood? It's normally understood as wood instruments, like flutes. 
It could also be. Like building something, right. Because remember, I think David's house was already built. And in this context with all the other instruments, it's usually understood as some kind of instrument. But it is kind of weird. I mean, just yeah. looking ahead, we, we, we translated it um, <coughs> readings. Yeah, um, chapter 7. Chapter 7. And it talks about how, you know, David, right. David wants to build a house. Got a house, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> see, that's a good point. I mean, it, you know, it, it's not outside the realm of possibility that it is referring to, to planks of Cyprus. Yeah. And, I mean, could be. I mean, in logic, why would. If he left the ark, he obviously knew that the ark was at this house. Yeah. And I mean, Ready to build why, a place why, why go there 20 years later? Yeah, and, and not have a place for it. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Good. Any other thoughts or questions on verse 5? All right, here we go. Here's the bad part. Vayavou ad Goran Nakon. And they came to the threshing floor, Goran, of Nakon. That's the name. All right. Vayishlach Uzzah, and Uzzah sent out, from Shalach, Uzzah sent out El Aron HaElohim. See, now notice how it's said here in Hebrew. Uzzah sent out to the Ark of God. What the heck does that mean? Well, it's usually understood as he sent out his hand. See, so he sent out. Yeah, he outstretched his hands. He sent out his hand to the Ark of God. See, because notice what follows. Va Yochez Bo, and he held on to it. This is from Achaz. All right. Um, and he held on to it. Ki, now here's a word we don't know. Ki Shamtu Habakar. For the cattle, these are the oxen, Habakar. So oxen were pulling the cart. For the cattle, Shamtu. It could be that they stumbled. That's how it's normally translated. But some suggest that it means they broke the harness or uh, broke into a run because they were at the threshing. Remember, they came to the threshing floor where there was grain, and maybe the oxen slipped out of the harness or, uh, you know, in some way made a made a quick turn or something so that the ark was unsettled. So that's why Uzzah put out his hand. See, does that make sense? So they're not quite sure what the meaning exactly in this context is. Um, Sometimes it means to let fall or to throw down or something like that, which doesn't quite fit here. But something happened, you know, either the oxen stumbled, but I think it was like they saw the threshing floor, saw it was feeding time and kind of lurched or something, see? Okay? Um, now, here's verse 7. Vayichar af Yahweh be'uzah. Vayichar is from chara, Right? And it means to become hot. So the face of Yahweh became hot. Vayichar, from chara. Call imperfect vav consecutive. The face of Yahweh became hot. Be'uzah, against Uzah. And now here's the next word you all know. Vayakehu sham. And he struck him there from Naka. Hifil. Uh, again, Hebrew 1 students, we've had this. Hifil vav consecutive. And he struck him there, Elohim God. God struck him there. Okay. Al ha shal, on account of the error, shal. Okay. Vayamat sham, 
and he died there from moot, call imperfect five consecutive. So the anger of God became hot, face of God became hot against Uzzah, and he struck him there. God struck him there over the error, and he died there. Im Aron Ha'elohim, with the ark of God. Evidently, maybe Im is better translated by the ark of God or something like that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and again, right, you're dealing with Second Samuel has a lot of these kinds of inconsistencies as you're seeing. So um, notice the pronunciation. I suppose if you're copying it and you're listening, it's very easy to do it. And the inconsistent spelling is something that's characteristic. I mean, you're seeing it in this manuscript with uh, plain A spelling versus chaser spelling sometimes. Here you have olive, hay, those kinds of issues. Yeah. Good. Any questions through seven? Okay, now let's see what David does. Now notice how it's, yeah. Vayichar le David al asher paratz Yahweh peretz be'uzah. Okay, here again is a chara word. And it was hot to David. Namely, David became angry. Okay, al asher, on account of which, or we would say because Yahweh paratz, Yahweh had breached or broken through with a breach. He breached a parrots, see, against Uzzah. So in other words, it's almost like David is conceiving of the line between Yahweh and us and Yahweh's power is a very fine one. And God breached the gap, you know, he breached it. Or that's when you make a hole in a wall, you know, that's in, in Hebrew it's you breach the wall. That's the word that's used here. So that's how he's describing Yahweh's actions here against Uzzah. All right. Vayikra, and he called Lama Komahu, and he called that place, the place to that one, Peretz Uzzah, the breach of Uzzah, Ad Hayom Hazeh, up until this day. All right. Very interesting. All right, good. Any questions through verse 8? We can do. One more verse here. Va yira David et Yahweh bayom hahu. And David was afraid. Look at this word very carefully. Because it's from the root yud, resh, aleph, not resh, aleph, hey. And you can tell that because of the hiric under the yud rather than a patach. And the comets under the resh tells you that this is a first um, aleph, not a third hey. I mean, third aleph, not third hey. So David, and David was afraid. Of Yahweh. So see, David feared Yahweh by Yom Hahu in that day. And he said, Ake, how Yavo Eli Aron? How can the ark of Yahweh enter to us? How can it come to us? Okay. And we'll stop there and figure out, find out then what happens in uh, verse 10 and following. And continue the rest of the chapter. Okay? Any questions through that point? Very good. Good job, you guys. Thank you very much. Yeah. I know. Right there. I know. I did. That's true. Yeah. I'm ending on Yahweh, though. That's not bad. Yeah. <laughs>